Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Atkins. And today I'm here with Chandler Benoit. Hey, hey. And <laughs> why do you always laugh after that? <laughs> always. I don't know, man, because for uh, guys who are the age of our guests and me today, um, we can remember when we were children and there were only cartoons happened in the afternoon and on Saturday mornings and the Fat Albert show, which would be completely politically incorrect in so many ways, shapes and forms. And I can't even believe I'm mentioning it now. But it would start out, hey, hey, hey. And that's just what I think of every time you do that. Every time. So you'll have to. You'll have to Google that, uh, Chandler, young man, and and see. Now, it's not that we're old. We're early 40s, but, you know, still. Um, our guest today, without further ado, uh, is old friend of mine. He's been my boss several times over the years. I've never been his boss. Probably never will be. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for the offer. I'm, you never offered me a job. <laughs> this is true. There's a reason for that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the He's authored books, uh, Identity, Designed to Lead. Um, probably more people um, would know the book Simple Church. And honestly, now that I think about it, uh, coming back around, and I've talked to him, to him before about this. I've said something to Rainer back in the day, too. But man, that would be a very applicable book. Um, it is... It's it's 10 years old. But guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, how do I how do I strip down um, everything that is church to the irreducible minimum uh, and think about what 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 ministry really matters? Simple Church will be a great book for you to go back and read. Even if you've read it, go back and read that again. So you mean um, because we're like in a pandemic and we have no choice? Yes. Yes. It is the time where you separate the wheat from the chaff. It is the time yeah. where you say, hey, we may have shifted slightly to a menu mentality versus a map mentality. Yeah. But we need to make sure that um, people are getting to the destinations along their journey that they need to in our church. Right. Um, we don't have time for, you know, side trip. Yeah. It's good. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. This should be a fun. This should be a fun day. Um, hopefully we won't get involved in too many rabbit trails. That's usually my job, uh, in, in this relationship, but. Well, I, I've been warned by that because like, I've, you know, I used to, to co-host with you before you kicked me out and gave Chandler the job. <laughs> and, um, I think people thought that, um, I, I, I took us on too many rabbit trails. So I'm, I'm going to answer the questions today and try to prove that I can stay focused. All right. We're going to, we're going to hold you to that. We'll see how well that goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk through kind of a little special initiative that we're doing on the podcast where we want to talk with church leaders and pastors in different areas of the country, just so those listening can kind of get a lay of the land and, and learn from one another. So as we get started, can you just kind of walk through kind of what, what Mariner's church, the, the little bit of a bio for those who don't know about Mariner's church, um, what, what you guys look like before the pandemic. Uh, and then also what are, what are the current reg local regulations for you all that you're trying to navigate right now? Yeah. So Chandler, when you mean a little bit of bio, you mean like kind of what, a, what our ministry looked like in February 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, a little bit about the church uh, and then that. I mean, okay. don't know Mariners. So Mariners, um, man, I've only been here two years and it, she is an incredible church. The people are amazing. The, the first 18 months before COVID hit was essentially a dream ministry scenario for me, not, not just in terms of um, what we saw the Lord doing. He was doing amazing things, but also how just awesome the people are. And, and I don't take uh, credit for that at all. I walked into a situation that was really healthy. Ken B. Shore had been the pastor for 35 years, went through a secession. He's still on staff. He still teaches. Uh, he and I enjoy a great relationship. We've actually been on a podcast with five leadership questions about the secession. <clears throat> the church has been for, for, for years, a very externally focused Orange County is 3.2 million people, 34 different cities, and Mariners Church has cared about the marginalized, the under-resourced, the poor in those 34 cities, and and also caring about blessing and serving people in our in our communities. That's been in the DNA of Mariners. So has been helping people uh, grow together in relationship and worship services that take you to Jesus and and spend time in the Scripture. So it it, it was a it's been a really great season before the pandemic. Um, we're in two congregations, one in Irvine, one in Huntington beach. And between those two congregations, you know, any given weekend, 12, 13,000 people would gather. And then, um, the, um, Irvine congregation have had four live gatherings, one Saturday night, three Sunday morning and a, auditorium of 3,200 people, you know? So obviously that's not what you do <laughs> in, in this season. You know? Um, that was just the weekend. Uh, we, we always have been big and love this about our church, about helping people be in groups and, and to, um, go through this discipleship course that we have called rooted and that helps people be in a group and, and again, serving, serving in our community. So uh, that was, that was life pre pre COVID. That was us. Well, thank you for walking us through that. So especially being in California, I know in some, some would consider, you know, LA area hotspot. What is, what is the local regulations that you guys are looking like? Like take us back to March. Like what did that even look like when you, when you heard about what, the, the regulations rolling out and, and even up to now? So March, uh, California was one of the first to go to a stay at home order. And in March, I believe everybody for in, in general believed, Hey, let's do that. Um, there wasn't a lot of divisiveness in the culture about the stay at home order. It was, mm. of course, at that time people were thinking this is a month, right? I, I remember, um, CDC saying through the end of March and people didn't know exactly how long it was. And, and everyone was on the same page of let's get ahead of this. So that was March. And then April, May, there, then that's when the, the divergence of opinions began to happen. Uh, not just on what, what you should do as a church, but, you know, but what, what should, what should be the practice of a restaurant and of the ability to exercise with groups of people and, and, and things, things like that. So I, I would, I've been here in California the whole time, but I'm assuming it's very similar in other States in terms of 
just the difference of opinions of the um, how how strict shutting down should be. California <clears throat> then opened up a bit and now has is more closed than it's been uh, in 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 recent days. So it's, we've gone back. We're not, not full stay at home orders. You know, there's, there's, um, but restaurants in orange County where I am have, they were open and now they, they are closed again, except for outside outside. Mm-hmm. Anything outside is much more acceptable, um, from a mandate perspective, but also even, even just culturally. Yeah. Um, but the schools have been announced that they're not opening this fall unless Orange County's off the watch list. So depending on when this this broadcast is aired, I mean, just like I'm sure, I'm sure you and your listeners are understanding that it feels like every day there's some new new thing or it, it, it twists in a certain direction. But as of recording, um, parents and, and kids are trying to figure out what they're going to do this fall. While in the spring, it seemed like people were ready to jump on zoom and finish the school year out digitally. Uh, just last Friday, it was announced that school would start digitally and there does not seem to be the eagerness for zoom anymore. And now, uh, families are talking about how can we form a cohort of kids in our neighborhood? How can we get into a private school? That's not going to, um, have the, the shutdown. I mean, there's all kinds of conversations. And then there's other people, of course, who are like, no, 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 this is what we must do. So it's very, opposite of how it felt in March in terms of the consistent, the uh, consistent view that this was the right decision. So, I mean, I, you know, knowing you really well, and for a lot of our listeners knowing you really well, they know you're passionate about, um, culture. They also know that you're passionate about clarity. Um, and you know, in, in the midst of that often, uh, <laughs> Often what happens is you have to lead through some conflicting views and yeah. you have to have the courage to confront that. How, how have you, you, you talked about three different groups of people there um, just a moment ago. I mean, and I'm sure there's other groups of people uh, as well, but how have you led through this time to bring, you know, clarity to your, your culture and, and clarity to why we're doing what we're, we're doing? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying that I've done it perfectly and nor that, nor have we responded perfectly. Obviously there'll be difference of opinions on, on our response. Uh, what we, what we said pretty early is that we were going to have four different plays that we would run as a church. And just like an offensive coordinator calls a play based on what the defense shows or what the defense gives, we would call plays based on what we, what we saw in, in the culture. And the first play is Mariners online. So it's, it's basically don't gather with anybody at all, you know, just be at home and and we're going to give resources online. And, and, and we gave clarity about those resources. So we'd have our weekend services and then Tuesday night we'd have a, 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 we call it the big picture show, but it's basically a family worship service for kids and their, their parents. Wednesday, we would have youth, youth night digitally. Uh, Thursday, we would do different groups and Bible studies digitally. So we gave some, some, a map essentially of what, this is what it's, you can count on 
for play one Mariners online. Then in June, we called play two and we gave a, an overview of these plays pretty early, but June we called play two, which is Mariners hosted at home. And we started giving resources for people who wanted to invite neighbors and friends over to watch the service together. And then in July, we called play three, which is Mariners in the neighborhood. We have seven different neighborhood gatherings, all under a hundred people, all outside, all physical distanced and face mask and all of those things. Um, and that's the, the play that we currently call it. And then play four will be when we have gatherings again at Mariners church. So what we just said is we're going to have all four of these plays. And when we go to a, nu- a new play, we're going to keep the, the previous one running. So some of you are going to not be comfortable for a long time. And we're going to have whatever level of comfort you have. This is, this is how we're going to serve you during this pandemic. So at some point we'll have all four plays running, but you, you go to the play or the, uh, wherever you feel the most comfortable. And, And it might be because you are physically vulnerable. It might be because you live with somebody who is, or a relative is. And so we're not going to guilt you anywhere up and down those plays you attend and be part of your, your church, wherever your comfort level is. That's, that's been the, the clarity, Todd, that we, we tried to give. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know you mentioned this a little bit about what play one looked like. So what is, what is your Sunday service look like? I know that I know even on the time we're recording this just the night before, I think you were tweeting out asking other pastors what their online service is going to look yeah. like moving forward, you know, right. do we continue to do a online service strictly for those watching instead of live streaming? So kind of two parts of this question is what is, what does Sunday service look like for you all? And then what are you guys planning on doing moving forward? Kind of answering that question that you posed to other pastors. Yep. So the service right now is we, we air it at five different times on a weekend. We actually recorded earlier in the week. And the reason we do that is the quality is, is better, mainly in terms of the, the, the production, the post-production mix. Uh, and now I'm glad we're doing that because then it allows us to also then go to some of the neighborhood gatherings, which was play three, but the sun, the uh, weekend service we captured earlier in the week and uh, we, we broadcast it five different times on, on, on the weekend. And it's, we, we basically took our, we have a beautiful chapel that was built years ago and it's just amazing. It, it was a smaller venue on our, on our Irvine congregation and our Irvine campus. And we essentially have turned it into a production studio and it just, it's, it's really beautiful. The worship leaders are doing a great job. Um, we, we pivoted from our normal series and have been walking through different Psalms, which just feels really, um, meaningful, at least for me, and I think others in this time, um, we, we just felt we had to pivot away from what our regular teaching schedule was. And the services range anywhere from an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. They might be a slightly shorter as a whole than they were before the, the, um, before the pandemic. I think mainly because we do a lot of announcements in pre and post loop and, and it's the, the service that as a whole is just pretty, pretty, um, only the key elements are there, you know? Yep. So moving forward, are you, I, I know the question was, Hey, are we going to live stream uh, a normal service? What, what are your all's plans? Like, will you guys continue to record that beforehand for online? Viewers? Yeah. My, my view, 
my view now and our, our team is that we would still do it as we're currently doing so that really the main reason is for the people who gather when we start having large gatherings again, that we can really shepherd that room of people and, um, not be speaking over them to the camera, you know? Um, and then, and then simultaneously for the people who are watching Mariners at home, Mariners in the neighborhood, Mariners online, that we can then do, um, the worship and the message more specific for them. That's, that's the current thinking, but we're still praying, praying it through. We know it's a big decision, but we also know it's not a permanent decision. Like we can start that way and and then pivot, you know? Yeah. We were talking with, um, Dave Ferguson previously on, on this type of podcast. And he's like, this is the time to innovate because you can start something and then end it (laughs) because, because of the season. So just like you said, it, it doesn't have to be permanent. Well, I, I know you mentioned in this, you, you talked about your kids ministry doing something on a day throughout the week and then rooted as one of your all's groups ministries to get people into discipleship. Can you, can you walk us through a little bit more kind of what each specific ministry is doing, or at least just a high level of the ones that you think would be helpful for others to, to hear about? Yep. Yeah, now the one advantage we have in, in Southern California that wouldn't be the same everywhere. So I want to realize, realize that with this caveat, I don't want to burden a church leader somewhere else. Like that th- there's no way they could pull this off. You can be outside in SoCal. Oh, come on, Robin. Come on, come on dude. I, I, if I don't 365 say that, gonna, days a year, it's <laughs> 75 degrees and beautiful. it never rains. Yeah. It's amazing guys. It's, it's, it's the closest thing to Eden that we have, but <laughs> the, if, if, so, if I didn't say that, Todd, then people would be like, uh, they're going to run outside at four in the afternoon in Dallas. And it's, you know, you can't do that. So our, the reason mainly I say, because our student ministry right now is meeting on Wednesday nights and you have to register ahead of time and it's physically distanced and it's outside. So outside is the thing that is where we're doing. We're doing all of our groups. For example, we have people who are enrooted now for the first time. And they're meeting outside on Thursday nights. So we're using our campus mainly outside. We, we actually, that's other than a few staff that are in the office, it's, it's pretty much, I can't think of anything inside. It's, 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 it's outside. So that's student ministry, uh, kids ministry on Tuesday nights. We're looking at, um, do we also do a live version or a live watch party on Tuesdays? And so, um, we're, we're, we're just starting to build, um, more outside thinking for, um, the physical version of these current digital programs. Hmm. So the youth, for example, on Wednesday nights, they, it's broadcast both live and it, so the physical audience is watching the live broadcast and kids register ahead of time to come and, uh, we do our best to keep them physically distanced. <laughs> Have you all seen now? I think rooted is, it, it is kind of a first step for somebody into a group. Is that correct? Yes. So have you all seen that being a good on-ramp during this season or what does that look like for you all? Man, one of the coolest things last week, uh, Jared, who oversees rooted, he texted me and said, I have met so many people who are here tonight who came to church that came to our church during this pandemic. They have never been to our campus before. This is the first time they're on our campus. <laughs> and, and some who haven't been to, at, to church in 20 or 30 years. They haven't been to church since they were a kid. 
And so they, they started watching Mariners online and now they're showing up at a physical discipleship group. So we're, we're, we're seeing and meeting people that way, which is just, I don't know yet the full magnitude of it, but, but we are seeing uh, shadows or uh, inklings of that happening. So cool. Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me is um, so many people out there in the beginning and well, in the first phase of this pandemic uh, talked about, oh, well, we're going to use this. We're going to use this to take our people deeper or deeper in discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Uh, one of the reasons why I want to talk to you, one of the reasons why I want to talk to Dave, you know, and some of these people is because I know that that you're actually doing that and, you know, leveraging some of these, uh, leveraging MU, uh, Mariners University, leveraging um, Rooted. So talk a little bit more about like, what is that? um, What's that process look like? How are you guys moving people from the online into those groups for the, that deeper relationship with both the church and the Lord? Yeah. You know, a lot of it depended on how long we thought this was going to be, you know? So at first it was like, Hey, this is going to be just, you know, four weeks, six weeks. And so at that point you're not thinking, okay, we, we have to, we have to rethink some strategy stuff. You're thinking, Hey, let's just get through this mini, this mini little season we're in. And, and now that's no longer the case. So at the moment we started thinking, okay, this might, not be short. And, and if it is long, let's act like it's long. And then even if we end up planning some stuff that, um, and it ends up being shorter, it won't, it won't hurt to have planned some ways to move people who are watching online to, to something, a uh, next step or something deeper. So in this summer, we experimented with a online theology class and, and I led it and we called it deep dive and it was eight weeks. And, we had, I don't know, about a thousand people that signed up to study systematic theology for, for, for eight weeks. And it was pretty, it was pretty remarkable. I mean, they got, they got a, a Wayne Grudem's Bible doctrine book in the mail and, wow. and you know, some read it, some didn't read it and they just attended the sessions, but we learned a lot. We learned a lot doing that. And I'm glad we just threw ourselves into doing it. Um, one of the things we learned that we'll do differently this fall is we're going to make rooted you should go through rooted before you do that. Um, that, that, that I just think that's going to be because the, the weight of it will be better. Um, what I mean is that they would have a general understanding of, of some things before they're in that, that, that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this fall, I, I believe we're still, I have actually have a meeting this afternoon. I believe we're going to do three more different types of theological classes. Um, that we may not have been doing if it wasn't a pandemic, just because, Hey, you got some extra time. Uh, you're more time at home. Let's why not study theology during this season? You know, and so we we uh, we plan on on doing three more. This was a systematic theology. We're looking at doing one on the story of God, one on the image of God, um, and one on apologetics. But with rooted being go go there first. So we definitely are are trying to use this time to deepen our people, um, not just put our services online. Uh, and then another, another thing is we're, we really have 
said, how, how can we bless our community during this time? And we, we have really ramped up what we do on the issues of food insecurity. We just crossed a million meals that we have served in Orange County since, since this happened. And, and now with the school struggles that are going to be in place this fall, we're, we're in meetings. I'm not in all of them, but our team is putting together. How can we, how can we help families this fall through the, this educational gap that they're going to be experiencing. You know, some are going to want to have extra play time for their kids. How, how do we help those who need tutoring? So we're going to, we're going to really try to step in with that as well, which, which Todd, as far as the next step gives, gives our people an opportunity to serve. Right. Well, sounds like you guys, if, if somebody went through four of those uh, theological classes, they'd be close to uh, on their way to a seminary degree. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> That'd be amazing. We'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving to the next questions, I'm going to combine two of them here. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges Mariners is facing and, and what are you guys doing to overcome these challenges? I, I, I think one of the biggest challenges is what every pastor is feeling now is you really are conflicted with two different data points. So there is the, the, the virus is real. You know, I, every day I check OC health information and hospitalizations have now leveled off. But for about two weeks, they were they were spiking. I mean, that is, that's just not cases because we're testing more. I mean, that's people in the hospital, you know, so mm-hmm. th- that's a real data point. And then the other side is also a real data point. Calls to suicide hotlines are increasing substance abuse, alcohol abuse, pornography use, um, all kinds of destructive behaviors that are implications of isolation. Those are rising too. So both sets of data are true. And the living with the tension of knowing that people who are looking at the data set of the real virus, they are right to say, hey, we should be cautious about meeting. And then the other side of people who are looking and, and, you know, living with a teenager who is, who is depressed now because he's not with friends at all or a spouse who is, is drifting into a destructive behavior, uh, that those aren't just data points. I mean, those are real people that are wrestling too, just like real people on the other, on the other one too. Uh, but when they say, Hey, we should find safe ways to gather, but, they're looking at data when they say that. So there's smart people on, on all up and down the spectrum of should we meet, should we not meet? So that means that the, the ministry leader is just going to be disappointing people at all times. And obviously when you're a shepherd, you didn't, you didn't wake up in the morning saying, you know what, Let me, I want to figure out how I can disappoint the most number of people in my church today. <laughs> um, you're just not, you're not thinking that way. And you're wanting to follow Jesus. He's the ultimate shepherd. You're wanting to care for people well. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's, there are people who are making different decisions than we are making at Mariners and they love Jesus and are smart. So the, the thing that is just really unhelpful is the posture of, if you don't see this my way, you must be an idiot <laughs> because there are, re- there are godly smart people who are, who are just making different calls, you know, because none of us have walked through this before. We don't have the benefit yet of five years down the road to look back at all the implications of every single move. 
Yep. For sure. Well, I want to ask, I, I know one obstacle that, you know, if somebody's listening and they're preaching during this time, <laughs> they're not seeing their people. Oh, they're it's painful. Seeing, it's, they're not seeing their church. So what would you, what, what encouragement would you share with somebody listening who's feeling just like you said, <laughs> they're in the midst of it. And it's like, this is terrible. I'm yeah. not seeing those who I'm preaching to. Um, you know, how did you overcome that obstacle? How are you still overcoming that as well? Yep. So we just moved into those Mariners in the neighborhood two weeks ago, which is, you know, less than a hundred people in a gathering. Each place has three different services. So 2,100 seats total. Again, remember we had 3,500 seats, 3,200 seats times four services at one congregation. So 2,100 seats total in those neighborhoods. Hmm. Um, and they're not, and they're not full, but we, uh, but I've gone and preached live at three at last week, three of them, the, the time before I'll do more this, this week. So I'm preaching to 80 people live The sermon. I, I walk up and say, cut the video feed. And, and I just start preaching. And <laughs> I've never been so jacked to preach to 80 people. Um, and the first time I like cried multiple times through the service, it just, I just start breaking down because you realize I, I, I don't just love the word, which I do love the word, but I, I actually, I really love these people and I love taking the word and applying it to real people, you know? So after a while of doing online only, you can feel like, man, am I even connecting? What am I doing? Is, I mean, this isn't what I got into. I, you know, this was not what I said yes to. I mean, you can start feeling that way. Um, and so finding ways to be in front of some people has been helpful. But if you're not able to, or you're not currently doing that, what I was doing was just reminding myself, just constantly preaching to myself that the, um, the Lord's word is, is bearing fruit. The Lord, the Lord is taking his word. He always does. But you got to preach that to yourself because it's, it, I mean, I had to preach to myself more and more each week because it, <laughs> it's just not fun. It's not as fun. It's not as fun. Ministry is not as fun right now. Mm. That's profound. That ministry is not as fun. <laughs> no, it is. I can say that again, Todd, if that's helpful to you. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so amazingly true. I mean, even for us. So, um, you know, obviously you did, you, you worked at Lifeway for a fair bit. Uh, and Seven years. you know that we would say, Hey, we are a ministry ministry funded by a business model. And um, I can honestly say that ministry is not as fun because I don't get to spend as much time with pastors. I don't get to, you know, go to different areas of the country and, and, you know, lead a, a group of people through pipeline for two days, or we just don't, I mean, and even guys that, um, early on in COVID, especially anytime we would do more training, more training, more training, you just have people, they're desperate and they, they really want to talk. People aren't, I, I mean, I have probably five or six calls with pastors this week. Um, and that's down significantly, but what people don't realize is, you know, that is my ministry and man, I'm, I hadn't really thought about it till you said it. I wasn't making fun of it. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's not as fun. Know. Yeah. It's not as fun. I mean, I would make fun of you, but yeah, I, I get it. I wasn't doing that at the time. Just, just not that time. <laughs> and I, and I think, you know, it's actually okay to know that because 
you know, Psalm 42, for example, I was looking at that this morning with a group of our worship leaders and the son of Korah worship leaders saying, when can I go back to the temple? When can I lead the procession again? And I guess longing for that moment again will actually make us really appreciate it when we get it back, you know? And, and it's actually good that we, that we have a sense of grieving right now because we were, we, this is not how things were supposed to be. And we, yes, we should make the most use of this season, but we can still long for the other season, you know? Yeah. All right. I guess I should shift back into our real questions. Um, <laughs> you, you, you took us off that time. I did I not know, take us off. Okay. So uh, how have you adapted existing a volunteer or staff responsibilities to meet current ministry needs? And if new roles emerged, um, what are some of those roles and responsibilities? Yeah, we definitely have adapted. Uh, I think some have adapted better or more quickly than others. Um, and that's not because, you know, some love Jesus more than others. It's, it's, that's not it. It's different, different personalities. You know, some are, some, if you were someone who had an experience in the past with a startup um, or a church plant, you know, you like bring it on. This is fun. I like, <laughs> I like uh, having to iterate. And, and it, if you have not, um, if maybe you've been, you know, mega church ish, your whole ministry, it could be, it could be harder to think like a startup, you know, and in many ways we're not a startup, but we have to think more nimble and quick um, and so some, I think were just via experience in the past and even personality moved more quickly to realizing that my old job description, there's some things on there that I can copy and paste, but not, um, not everything. And I can't wait for my leader to give me a new job description because we're not going to issue a hundred new job descriptions. You know, I've got to, I've got to find places where I'm really going to help serve our people really well. Um, so that's the, in general. And then in specific, yes, there's been some things that we have tweaked in terms of people's roles. We've added things to people's roles a lot. So all of the host of neighbor of those neighborhood gatherings, that's not their only job. We, that was tacked on to some existing job, whether that was, they served on our outreach team or our community life team or our children's team, they, they got asked to, to take on some new responsibility. And it's, that's been one of the f- most fun things to see because they have thrived. That team is, and they're, man, they're amazing. They're amazing leaders and they're thriving with some new leadership responsibility. Um, more have been asked to be a part of developing content. So throwing together that theology class, that wasn't, you know, we, we wanted to give guides for people and um, resources to help them walk through that content. So a group of people, became this impromptu content team and are really building out different kinds of content for things like that. So um, more than it was a wholesale, everyone's got a new job. People had things added to their plates and then that that would be the general thing. Uh, And then there's some roles that for sure have, have tweaked, You, you know, Kathy Workman, who I work closely with, she was communication. She's now, chief content officer. So she's overseeing, you know, all, I mean, her role changed, but a lot of people have just had some new responsibilities added to their role. 
how has it shifted, you know, volunteers and volunteerism in the church and, you know, how, yeah. how, how um, have you seen people, you know, be on the staff, you know, really totally. and step up any yeah. story, anything like that? Yes. So we're trying to help people realize you can still volunteer no matter how big your circle is. So if your circle is really small and you're, you're essentially doing stay at home orders, there's ways you can serve digitally. You can join our, our, our care team that calls and checks up on people. If you have a bigger circle, here's things you can do. So we, we are really inviting people to serve all um, throughout, throughout the church in different ways. Early on, a lot of emphasis was placed on our food pantry and our clothes closet and, and our resource center, that, that kind of thing that would help serve people throughout the county. Um, and we, we definitely had lots of volunteers serving in that way. I, I think the number of weekly volunteers serving in our outreach ministry is the same number we would have during big um, outreach emphases. So this, that's been a beautiful story. The number of people who serve weekly in outreach right now is essentially the same number of people who would serve during a big campaign. So wow. um, we have seen a lot of people move into to serving in, in, in outreach ministries, which is, which is amazing. We've got about 55, 5,600 people who've been identified that they serve on a regular basis at Mariners. And so, you know, some of those are, are, are leading a, a digital kids group right now, you know, um, and some are doing things physically. Wow. That's, that's a cool story. Cause it is easy to be like, well, since nobody can get out now, that would, that number would go down, but that's encouraging to hear for sure. The outreach number is super encouraging. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and just walking through what this season has looked like for you and Mariners Church. And for you listening, we hope that this has been helpful. If it has, head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you enjoyed. Let us know what what some other questions you might be uh, wanting to ask other church leaders and pastors, and we'll make sure to incorporate those along the way. And we'll see you next time.